0: <laughs> Welcome back to the Social Distance Podcast. It's been a bit of a break, but we've been busy. As we explain on the show, we talk about all the recent races. We talk about the the battle we missed between Remco and Pogacar. We hy- hypothesize. That's the right word, eh? Hypothesize on what would have happened if Remco had uh, Pogachar hadn't crashed. Um,
1: off air, we almost got Pogachar on the show and he gave us the arse.
0: Yeah, off air, we asked Pogacar he had, he had lunch. midway through the show if he'd come on and he said no, he couldn't, so
1: he said definitely the next show though he's keen as mustard isn't that right George (laughs) oh yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. we've got Remco next week as well yeah yeah exactly we'll get them both on well um what else did we talk about we went through what it's like to be a sports director in the car Got some insights from how hectic it is how to avoid how to avoid scams How how to get scammed or how to avoid them one or the yep. other. We're still working that out. Um, yeah, if you guys listen, you'll you'll find out what we talk, spoke about. So that's the goal ultimately. Like, share, subscribe. I don't think we uh, need to suck the
2: life out of the show right at the start by just listing everything we talk about.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> why, why change a winning formula? <laughs> Suck the gone. life out of it.
0: That would require us to do it again, though. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: true. Let's, let's just run the intro and wing it like we always do and see what comes out of it. Uh, let's get ready to rumble!
0: Mm-hmm. Front kick. did getting bored and My radar's going pretty hard at the moment, I think. We should...
2: Will you shut, shut up, up man? That
0: escalated quickly. Oh, We're
2: going to so
0: need to get some good. more qualified guests on this, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was a bit late to the recording, boys. I just did three hours on the bike for the first time in a long time. Well, but recording I... my watch,
1: you're uh, three weeks late.
0: Yeah, that's true. But I had a shower when I got home, used the Manscaped shampoo. Smell good, feel fresh, ready for the show.
1: That's good Even stuff, still three that weeks that's late. shampoo. Real good. Yeah, real good.
0: Are we a three weeks late? Paint.
1: Yeah. A week late, week like late. like six weeks late. Oh, uh, well, whatever it is, it's a good thing we're not in charge of like stuff that's of really, really high importance. Mm. Imagine putting us three I mean, like, in charge of anything that had to hit a specific time. Do you mean uh, that being I, a I reckon we're good at that?
0: Time? I reckon we're good at that because we've got other jobs. Until someone forks out 150 grand a year to sponsor the show, we've got other jobs that we've got to hit timelines and deadlines for, which sometimes affects our ability to do this, hit the deadline of the show. Well, we
1: were going to do a show last week, but then obviously George was unavailable, which put us on the back foot because we've tried the one-two punch Jones-Buley and mm. they just fall flat and we we're ready to do it. But then George threw out the last minute, he goes, look, just record it. If it's shit, just bin it. And it was just that <laughs> oh, little did you out. No, it was that scene. of doubt. You didn't even get off the of mark. Uh, as soon as you said, if it's shit, and my brain was going, well, who are you kidding? It's going to be mm. shit. Because mm. me and Sam were yeah, that's mm. right. But it's even shitter. Mm. So we didn't bother. But there's a lot to talk about, lads, because at least we've had a whole month of some fantastic cycling action. A lot of upsets. Before we get to the cycling,
0: we got some good news this morning. Well, I got some good news from George.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Found some we found some Springsteen tickets for Friday.
1: You're joking.
0: We were trying so, to get them. When when they came out on in the ballot, me and Caitlin, I think George was racing or something. So I was at home and Caitlin was at home. I think Hannah was also racing. Well, oh, no, Hannah was here as well. I think she had a laptop going. We had three laptops like in the in the waiting bay trying to get them to the ballot and we got squat. And then George has come through last minute. Well, you know how you got some good news about the Springsteen tickets?
2: Uh-oh. There's potentially some bad news about the Springsteen tickets. Oh, it's in London or I don't know. <laughs> nah. Well, firstly, it's on Sunday. Secondly, I just spent €600 Euro on these tickets. And then it, all that happened was a little screen popped up and was like, congratulations, your order has been successful. And then fucking donuts. Hmm. Just zero. Man. Like, no emails. Go to my
0: Viagogo account. It's like, no upcoming events.
1: Oh. Viagogo,
0: man. Viagogo is a fucking... Like I think you can get rolled on via go-go. Like we shouldn't bad talk. I think I just via got via rolled go-go. on go- via but go-go. But I think the website, the platform it, I think itself it just is got legitimate. Six hundred and fifteen euro. The website itself is legitimate, but the pe- there's illegitimate people putting tickets on illegitimate tickets online. And I said to George, "There's a risk out there, but let's take the gamble because it's mm. Springsteen,
1: and it's your money." George. And, lost and to so, so far, the gamble, the gamble's man. not
0: paying off. <laughs> So this is going to be like one of those situations where I say to you, "Yeah, chuck a hundred bucks down on, on the some horse for me at the Melbourne Cup, and then I don't pay you unless I win. If the horse doesn't win, I don't pay you the money I mm. asked you to put down."
1: I got scammed out so of you. A bit big the are big ticket in the scam? you? Mm. What's that, Gen Z? I put on. I had a spare ticket to miss the big in Melbourne one year, and I put it <laughs> on Facebook Marketplace, and someone said, "Yeah, I'll, I'll take the ticket." I said, okay. And they said, I'll just do like a transfer now if you want. What's your details? Yeah, I prefer cash. They said, oh, look, I'm going to be probably running 10 minutes late, but it's just easy. Give me your details. This is green. This is like three years ago. And gave them all my details. They did a screenshot. All looks legit. Yep. Gave them the ticket. Money never went through. Got rolled. (laughs) So they pinched the ticket. And then they reckon the new the new scam, so I've, I've put a bike up on Marketplace, which I think I've got a legitimate buyer who's going to come around and give me cash. But what they do is they say, hey, mate, um, do you have like a, a some, there's some, not PayPal, but there's some other air cash or something. Oh, um, Vimo. No. Yeah, something, something like that. And they say, look, can I transfer Ooh. you in that? And my brother will come. Always someone that's not related to him. My brother will come around and collect it tomorrow. I'll just do the transfer now. and well, you that go, sounds oh. like there's someone related to them. No, but it's always brothers, in front. Generally. No, but they say it's their brother. You've got to be one step ahead of these guys, George. <laughs> it's not his brother. Oh, wait. so Okay, but I don't understand the scam. So they say that the brother's coming around yes. and no one shows up. No, someone comes to collect the bike, but this apparent transfer has not gone through. This random dude takes the bike and it's gone. So that's how they're lifting gear off marketplace at the moment. But then you just a, then you just a, you deserve to have your bike stolen if you go. oh, Here's a bike. Oh,
2: I'm sure that it's going to come through.
1: In Australia, mate, we're very trustworthy. Like we trust a lot of people. Yeah. You know, <laughs> everyone's a mate, and then we get rolled.
0: Mm. You just
1: can't, Especially if they come around that charismatic. It. Do you know what you can do now? Is you
2: can reverse. Like I've been trying to um, cancel my, I sold a scooter uh, like a to, to a guy like four years ago and I've been trying to um, cancel the insurance and I just can't cancel it. So every year I've just been paying like 300 euro for this insurance and it came out of my account and I just realized this year that you can actually reverse it. So like it came out of my account, saw it come out and I just reversed it. So mm-hmm. they could do that to you, you know, they they could do like you've been pay for it, you show the thing and then you just reverse it.
1: Ah. yeah, cash is king folks if you're ever selling yeah. stuff just cash mm. and, and then the next wave will be counterfeit notes that'll roll you so <laughs> in fact just don't sell anything just keep it just, <laughs> just hoard. hoard just hoard, hoard. <laughs> just be safe yeah so
0: as it sits right now we're not going to Springsteen on Sunday let's
2: get an email in the next three days but where were the I, tickets? Was there like who was selling the tickets? Was there like a photo via, of the tickets? Yeah, or? Via go No, nah, it's like automatic. Like, oh yeah, we'll transfer you your tickets. Everything looked real legit. I even did like Google reviews. Is this legit? And everyone's like,
1: yeah, it's legit. Well, who knows? When do you do it today, it might come through. Might just take. Maybe they're running in a pon-
0: maybe they're running a Ponzi scheme. So like. They get someone to give them six hundred bucks in the hope that they can find someone that gives them twelve hundred bucks. You know, like as it steps up. So they. Oh the yeah, they run like the pyramid. And now they're hoping they can find the tickets, you know, and then those tickets they'll use to sell like for someone mm. else for a thousand bucks, and there'll always be a ticket short, and the guy at the end of the line will get yeah. pleased.
2: And only one guy that's paid twelve grand for Springsteen tickets is just yeah, and the rolled. tickets no
1: tickets for him. Or, or maybe George will do his last minute when he gets in a pickle, just go to Twitter, guys. I've just been rolled. Springsteen, anyone got tickets for Sunday, you might get lucky that way, mate. Mm. Twitter's delivered. Maybe maybe Terrible Bruce himself will tweet you. Do you know Obama's coming? Yeah.
0: <clears throat> Is he? I saw that. Yeah, he's mates yeah. with Bruce.
1: Yeah, they did a yeah. podcast together at one point, didn't they? Yeah,
0: the renegade. Come, he, him and Michelle are coming to the Springsteen concert in Barcelona.
1: Well, your so old man's, man's got history today. with, yeah, I was going to say your old man, it's, Deep roots with the Bullies for the mm. love of Springsteen. He's got that great story. Yeah, I know what
0: my dad went through doing, to not sell his tickets. So doing what I can to get some tickets.
1: Tell the listeners what happened with Kenny.
0: Well, he just got offered good money for Springsteen tickets, and he was making about couldn't rub when he was like, I guess in his twenties, living in the UK, couldn't rub two pennies together, you know. And he had Springsteen tickets, and someone offered him a certain amount of money, and he's like, no. Nah going to see the boss and he said he walked in and the guitar just started and he just thought I'll never regret this
1: mm. someone from Via go five go years say, later
0: <laughs> yeah then he <laughs> sat on the street for a couple of years and
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> regretted it deeply for the rest of his life
2: <laughs> uh, oh,
0: but no you has a good bike racing yeah yeah. what's there been since we last recorded Flanders Roubaix Amstel Liège all the ones in so between sorry? Sicily.
1: Don't forget. Yeah. You raced Sicily, didn't you? I was there in person. Well, last time we spoke, George, you had the record for the most race days of any rider in 2023. Have you been toppled yet or? Nah, still going strong. I've done about 48 race days since then. So
2: yeah. um still leading that. I've actually got a week off, which is fucking pretty crucial. I was... um Actually, the Classics was just uh, um, one thing too far. or well, probably a couple of things too far. But, like, actually it was all right, you know. We got up there for the age. Got up there on Monday for for Flesh, sorry. And, actually, Flesh went real well, you know. Obviously, for us, we won. It was just hard race, all that stuff. And then, like, there's a lot of bugs going around at the moment. Like, guys getting COVID, guys getting flu, guys getting stomach bugs. And we were just taking hits. And then... I got real crook after flesh and I couldn't get out of bed day before the age was just in bed all day. Couldn't go for a ride, nothing. And I was just like hoping like how we'd like come, come around for Sunday. Yeah. Is it Sunday? Yeah. Sunday morning. Woke up on Sunday morning, like mm, real 50, 50 here, but you know, we've got the favorite. You just got to get it together. You know? And then like, that was just the start of like the most horrific day. Started out, I was struggling, but I was right. You know, I was like, okay, get through this. And then after about 70K, we're going down this hill. And it's the new tubeless for some people, you know, like they're having troubles with certain tires. If you've got the wrong size wheels and the wrong size tires, when you puncture, they can like explode and rip off the, rip off the rim. And basically – Honore from I'm not sure if like if his tire got ripped off or or it was just like some crazy sequence of events. And uh basically his tire just came off the bike. He rode like 20 meters with no tire on and then obviously just went down 70k an hour. Tade just went over him full. And I I was drinking at the time, so I had one hand on the bars, one hand on the bike, and I was like, Whoa, fuck, trying to navigate through, but I couldn't brake, which probably saved me. And i just like ran over something just like must have been a bike maybe a wrist um <laughs> it wasn't. but then you know
0: just enough to like puncture my back wheel and um it was yeah, funny because we were in the car was i was in the car and they're like see our oh, pocket crash for pocket and then like we came through the convoy and then like as we went around the crash we saw Pogachar sitting there and it didn't look good like I mean, I did, definitely didn't count him out. I was like, if anyone's going to get up now with a broken wrist carry-on and Winley age, it's probably going to be him. But, like, it <laughs> seemed like the chances were slim. And we, like, got through the crash site, and then it was, like, three UAE guys standing there, like, 50 meters later, like, waiting for Bogachar, obviously. And then I went, Then we, like, took off in the car, and then we got, like, 500 meters down the road, and George was just, like, standing off in the grass with his bike up, spitting this, like, cranks. So I was like, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> I was just hanging out. I was just calibrating my power meter at that point
2: because I was like stopped and I was like I got a flat tire and also like I need to wait for Tade. But we've been standing there for like three minutes. We were so far behind, and I was just looking back up the road and I could see all the like, see my team car there, and all the team cars were <clears> passing me. But so that the smart thing would have been like to ride back towards team car. But if you ride backwards in any capacity, you're instantly disqualified.
0: Hmm. So
2: I just had to wait until we were about five k behind the race. Oh yeah, I was. And then the convoys were like barring me. They were like no. when I was trying to come back. They were like uh, like giving me the whole like, you know, you can't you know, get out the convoy. And they were like making barrage and cars coming around me. And it's like,
0: well, if I don't use the convoy, mate, yeah, so I might I, as well just stop now. You know, I was literally like I said to Rick, the other DS in the car with me. I was like, when they because they they took a long time to announce on the radio that Pogacar was that had abandoned. And then when they did, I was like. He's got four teammates back there that waited for him, that aren't injured, that can continue, Mm. but this is not going to be easy. They were so far behind.
1: (laughs) I was in the cars for like 20K. So long to come back. I was going to say, what's the protocol there? So, you know, leaders out, you're way off the back, you're barely going to get back on. Like, obviously, this is why I'm not a professional athlete, but I'd just be like, might as well pack it in. Can I say the director? I normally for a guy like
2: me, that's actually like the opportunity. That's actually like, you know, you go, oh, this is my chance, you know. But I right. was crooked as hell and was creeping in. And, and a little bit of me was like, all right, not relieved. That's like, you know, I was like gutted. But I was also like, now is not the time to dig this hole Step in up. deeper, you know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Pick your battles. And I was prepared then, to absolutely rinse myself if Tade was there for the win, and do some potentially like damage to myself that could last a while. But once he was out, I was all like, okay. And it was it
0: was just like this is not this is not on today. I'd love to run through the hypothetical of what would have happened in that race if have if he hadn't have crashed. Like it was yeah. obviously the first the first time the battle, like, you know, like okay, Pogachar had a. F- Flanders, he showed like he sh- showed how good he was because everybody was there like for that race, you know. Okay, Rimko's not there, but like Van Aert, Van der Poel, these guys are also freaks in these races. And you know? it was a cobbled he, classic, not a yeah, not and, a mountain stage. And he and he he won there, and then Amstel again, but like Amstel was like not the it was a strong field, but still like there was like no Van, de, Van Aert, no Van der Poel, no Rimko, so he won that, and then. Uh, age was the first like going to be the real first real battle remco and and today yeah and it was like um i would i would i would love to run through the hypothetical of what would have happened there i my my thought is that Pogachar would have won from a two-up sprint yep i don't think either of them would have dropped each other
2: that's the problem eh? isn't it like such a like isn't it such an exciting thought that like i don't know why it hasn't happened like it feels like maybe because Rimco's sort of on the way up and then Jumbo kind of have to balance Primoz and uh, Jonas. But it's like at one point, and I reckon it will be next year, we're going to have a Tour de France where it's Remco, oh. a Jonas and Primoz.
1: It's going to be awesome.
0: Yeah. Whoa, fuck, that's loud. Was that loud or was it just me? Um, hang on, it's been thrown off here. Got yeah, an audience now. Got an audience. Talk about the Tour de France next year with all the guys. Yeah, leaders. that's going to happen at some point because they're still trying to avoid each other in some ways because like... I don't think they are nope. trying to avoid each other though. because
2: people say this. They're like, oh, why do the favourites avoid each other? But no one waits and go for their race program in December and goes, oh, what's Primoz doing? Yeah. Oh, he's going Basque. All right, I'm not going there. You know, nah. they pick whatever races they want to do and then if someone else is going, they're going and then it's, then it's on.
0: But I reckon with the Grand Tours, they do maybe a little bit to the point where they go like, <clears throat> if you're Remco, for example, you go, okay, the Tour de France ha- has to happen at some point, but I'm still young. It's no hurry. I'd like to win, nab another Grand Tour victory before I go to the Tour. But if you go to the Tour now, he he knows that to win the Tour, he's up against Pogacar and Vingegaard. But if he goes to the Giro, like the chances of him winning there are higher than of him winning at the Tour. So he goes, oh, let's try and... Let's go to the Grand Tour where it's a really good chance for me to win it as opposed to the Grand Tour where it, I could win it or I could get third. But I think it's just because it's easier to win the Giro than the Tour. You know what I mean? Like, it's always is,
2: no matter... Like mm, In theory, yeah. But this is actually a question. This is actually a thought I had the other day, right? Like, you know how the Tour of Why is the Tour de France like... Because in a way, like the as a rider, okay, Tour de France is, is everything for me, you know, it's like why it's it's the dream. It's why I ride a bike, but there's many things about it that actually like are real restrictive to us as, and have, have kind of like massively influenced our careers in terms of like, look at the NBA, look at like TV rights, how high or how developed that sport is, because they have all the players have, have basically received a share of the TV rights, a share of the sort of um, intellectual property of the NBA, whatever. But like the ASO has an absolute monopoly on the Tour de France. So, what is to stop if every rider went right? Let's, we're going to some other like let's say a, another organisation came together and go right. We're going to do a three week race in France. We obviously can't call it the Tour de France, but we might call it the Tour of France, and we're going to give the riders the tv rights from this and then all of a sudden if every single rider like if Tade, if remco if Primoz, all said we're going to go to that race instead of the tour de france that then becomes a the premier race and then it's mm. basically just like a full sort of you know they pulled the like the the tablecloth out you know it's a full swap uh, right before everybody's eyes but suddenly all the big riders are another race the riders are happy to be at because of the you know the, the TV rights everything like that. What well, the
1: history—they the, floated that ten years ago. It was close to happening,
0: but, but I think the, the, the history and the prestige of the Tour de France would just eventually trump it. Like the, they know they've got the trump card. It's like live golf. Okay, a lot of people went and did it for a lot shitload of money, but then, like a lot a lot of those people, with the exception of, exception of a few, they all went there like at the end of their careers. Like, you know, rah, rah, rah. but then some guys are like, I don't think they still have the allure of going to play the masters. Yeah. And like, they got away with it still at the moment because they still can. But if, it, if that ever gets, that rule ever gets changed and those guys that live golf can't play the masters, I reckon then then they'll go, fuck, okay, we're making cash. But like, ultimately we still want to compete in the premier event. And okay, we can't-
2: what, at what level for you is money? At, at, what's the paycheck? Like what's the dollar figure on prestige for you
0: oh, I'll do it for 100 grand <laughs>
1: yeah. the only yeah. way that, that the only way that it could work nah. right is if someone with massive massive pockets
0: I'd do it for Springsteen tickets Yeah.
1: yeah. It, it, if someone with massive massive pockets come in and essentially bought the ASO and reskinned a whole year where they had the ownership of the Tour de France but all a calendar around it and it was all under the one banner. So essentially, you'd be shoving out the Giro, you'd be shoving out the Flanders Classics, you're all these subsidiary little people around the Tour de France, and build a whole season, and then had all the streaming rights, all the television, all comes into one pool, and then you had a chop out for all the premier teams that compete. Do you know in what?
0: It. Do you know what the the first thing that needs to happen is we need to like in cycling, we've gone on a fucking tangent here, but we'll go with it. Like the the um. <laughs> we need to make cycling teams like franchise teams. Yeah. You know? Mm. So it's like... It's they don't lose the like, name then. Yeah. yeah like it, No matter who the sponsor is, no matter who the sponsor is, it can change or whatever, but you're always called the Jets or... Would you... Lions. What would be your franchise
2: name? Because I was watching the NRL the other day and I was thinking about... I was watching the New Zealand Warriors and I was thinking like... um. NRL's rugby league people don't know. And one of the best games rugby league I ever saw in my life. And I was thinking like all the rugby league name names are basically animals. Like mm-hmm. the eels, the panthers, the roosters. And then okay, you got the cowboys and the storm. So like the yeah. best one for me was the Warriors, the New
1: Zealand Warriors. And it just was like a lot of you know, I thought that was like the coolest franchise are, right.
2: name in sport.
1: Well, they had a new team in the basketball league in Australia in Tasmania, and they called themselves the Jack Jumpers. Tasmania Jack Jumpers. Yeah, that can get me. At the time, I was like, oh, yeah. The um, yeah, yeah I don't know, like
0: my friend. I think I'd go like an animal name, like the penguins or something. It's good, penguins. penguins. You
1: get something a bit more fierce than that. Yeah, like the bloody lions, or yeah. I did quite like the roosters because I used to hate the roosters. I was like, who would want to
2: be named after a chicken? But now in my like in my day to day life, if someone's like a good bloke or just like a a laugh There's or a, a guy right. you'd want to have a beer with, you'd say you know he's a good pint, he's a rooster. So uh, it's actually like, and instead of your logo being a chicken, it would just be like, you know the 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 iconic, alco alco bloke mm-hmm. down at the pub, and he's a rooster. So it's like, I, I reckon the, <laughs> the you're not would- promoting the. The bird, you Yeah. you promoting the bloke down at the Spring and Fern. The knockabout <laughs>
0: man for all seasons. Like I reckon that the first the first step would be like to create franchise teams. Then eventually the money would come and you'd grow the money. And then you'd get to a point where you become like any other franchise sport where your like team is based in a city or a country. Mm. Like, and then if you sign for that team, you you move there.
1: Mm. Or you could just franchise it out to um, countries, and yeah. since like it's just like a nationals. Every country's got a a world tour squad or the big ones, and then that's it. Yeah. One thing I want to bring up is the history of the Amstel podium. It's obviously a couple of weeks ago now, but always causes hoo-ha with the tradition of you've got to skull the beer when you're up on the podium. I remember when Gero ran. I think it was second or third in 2014. And at the start of age, I gave him shit because the locals, he took like a little sip and then put the beer down and the locals were like booing him. And I said before the age, I said, hey, Gero, how would you take the heat from getting booed for just sipping your beer at uh, Amsterdam? And he goes, ah, don't worry, Jamesy, after today, there'll be plenty of time to scale beers, mate. And then he goes out and fucking wins it. So <laughs> that was a mic drop moment. But um, we saw, uh, what's his name? British guy. Pidcock. Pidcock. Doesn't drink. So oh, yeah. Didn't even attempt it, which is fair enough. If you don't drink, you wouldn't. No. <laughs> 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 but, but can't they line up like, don't Amstel do like a 0% alcohol yeah. just to save face?
2: No, I but I think... think I think zeros. Yeah, they are zeros, I think. But I think you also get paid if you... I think it's... I remember hearing... I don't know if this is true or not. This might probably complete bullshit. But like I remember, there was a, um, a thing like you get a thousand bucks extra if you, if you drink the beer on. This might not be cycling. This might be motorsport. But really? uh, this might be the um, NASCAR. I think or might be
0: cycling. But you get like a thousand bucks extra if you smash the beer. But I think I think it would be zeros zeros no because I don't know if you can promote alcohol. So like when you win um which one do you win? E three maybe or something? I can't remember which one it is now, but you'd get Quiramont, Quiramont beer on the podium. And like Van Art had one as he had like the big like I don't know how big the, the awesome. glass was, but like a liter or something, you know? Massive mm. one. And but for I, I think it's all um zero because of the advertising. I don't know though. Maybe it's different. Yeah.
1: yeah, but though, let's Pretty be honest. Those boys, those boys, those boys at don't look like they're sticklers for rules and advertising legalities. Like they'd be like, "Yeah, top him oh, up." Oh man,
0: I went to the managers' meeting, the, like the sports directors' meeting before Amstel. It was the best. It was the best meeting I ever went to. So like, normally, like every sports directors' meeting you go to, which is you know not that many for me so far, but they all follow a, a very similar theme. So you get there and there's like the panel in front. It's the race director, the commissaire. A couple of commissaires, like a representative from the police or something, you know? So they all have their, the first thing that normally happens is the race director goes, does a roll call, okay, Israel Premier Tech, yep, UAE, yep, make sure all the teams are there. Then he'll go like, welcome to the Amstel Gold Race, you know, this year is a such and such edition. And then he'll talk about like a few things on the course or like, you know, like he'll he'll do a bit of a speech for 10 minutes, you know? So like, you know, there's this little change on the course, there's this, this and this, blah, blah, blah. The uh, the old dude that run, runs runs just goes sits down and everyone goes quiet. And he goes, "Everyone here?" <laughs> and then we all just laughed. He goes, "All right, I'll hand you over to the commissaire." <laughs> <laughs> and the commissaire was like, "I oh, did not want to like run through like I don't know like a day like some points on the course or like a climb or some like you know you've made it you've made this particular climb like banned for had spectators on it because it's narrow or like little things of like this." He's like.
1: No, they don't want to hear that. You carry on. It was like a five-minute no. meeting. <laughs> See, I saw Nygaard tweeted because after the podium, he stood up there uh, on the podium uh, yeah, yeah, with yeah. with He's there. a rooster. Like, yeah. yeah. He's like the Cipollini of bloody race organizers. It's so and funny. It, like, he's, a, he's, the call. That, he's the guy that ran the Curacao race. Oh, like, is used it? To get, like the hitters go every year. And there was that. I think we talked on the potty one time with 20k to go. There's all these like hedges and bushes and that, and that's when he'd line up the guys that were meant to run one, two, and three. And it's basically like, get on the back of the van. Say like, like go, what do you know? Like, there's the podium. Oh yeah, he's a dude. Yeah, he's funny. He's like roll call. Everyone here. We're all just like, well, yeah. So I don't think he's putting zero percent alcohol in the beers at the end. No i so it was like that man, that Kwiatowski, Kwiatowski trained it. I think
2: Tade trained it. Um, and there, there was sort of like uh, I saw this thing on like one account. I was talking about it was like a it was a race between them, and it was actually just like comparing their times. It was like it was like Calberg, and it had like three minutes, and it was like this and this, and then it was like glass of Amstel, and it was like six
0: seconds, and it was like. <laughs> <laughs> man that race Amsterdam. so i was in the car there i tell you what that is that is a that would be a hard race in some ways maybe a little bit easy to organize but in a lot of ways so hard to organize just the way like looking at the course beforehand like i was creating like a, a presentation for the riders like you know like off the course and stuff and i was just looking at like where the fuck do i start like it's it's just a yeah did you know like, where you were going like do you know what was coming? Because I saw uh, the, if you look
2: closely at the map, like, as I turned on the TV, it just goes in, and then it was like, oh, here's today's course. And it was just like, it was like, what, like 30 little
0: laps. Yeah, it was crazy. It's insane. Like, I, I didn't know, like, I knew, like, pretty good where I was going, because we did a recon. I mean, we re- only recon the last, like, 80K or something, 70K or something. So that helped. But then I also just spent, like, because I only, I only ever raced Amsel once as a rider, so I didn't know all of the out-ins. I've only raced once before, so I don't know them really well. So I had to. Do, I did a lot of study on Amstel. Like I watched videos, went on like the course profile, like, looked, like did quite a lot of study for it. And then I had like a sheet in the car with me or just a road book with the climbs on it, and I just crossed it off every time I went up a climb. So I knew if I lost – all of a sudden, if I lost myself, I was like, fuck, what's the next climb? I could just look and go, oh, it's all crossed off. We're well on that climb now. As long as I didn't forget yeah. to cross off the climbs. Be like, oh, we're coming up to the Cowbird guys. Be like, ah, oh, we did that three climbs ago, mate. We're in four groups now. Oh. <laughs> i carry <laughs> on TV and it was like 20 guys You better be in the front eyes. one then. <laughs> yeah. but but no, had, big, big what race. about
1: even driving the car? Like you weren't driving the car in that race, were you? I wasn't driving.
0: And, and like the initial plan was that I, I, would, I was going to drive. And then we changed the plan just the day before the race. <clears throat> so I was on the radio and Rick Verbrugger, who's – been like, a, he's like the sporting manager of the team. He's like, been a really good mentor to me, actually. And he was like, he, um, he was driving and like we got to the finish of the race. And I looked at him and I was like, honestly, I don't, I don't, I'm glad you drove because I don't know if I could have done that. Like yeah. it was just, it's the most hectic race in the convoy. And like I'd done Catalonia driving in Catalonia and stuff, but that's different. This is a different ball game. I was like, I would have, I would have made it around probably, but fuck, it would have been hard.
1: Because oh, the roads yeah.
0: are so narrow, and there's fucking bike riders getting dropped coming. back Do you know what it's I reckon? Raining. The most hectic race in
2: the convoy would would actually be, was women's Roubaix this year. Yeah, Roubaix would be. Oh hectic. yeah. No, but yeah. the women's Roubaix. I when I just saw the whole group, the whole front group crash.
0: Yeah, mate. There's just Fuck. points like where you, like when Wood, Woodsy punched an Amstel, and like. These sections of, like, you have, like, long sections, like 30, 40K sections where you're just on these single-lane farm roads. Like, it's raining. There's bike riders getting dropped coming back. There's mo- motorbikes in the convoy. There's fucking everything. All, all shit's going down. And Woodsy punched punctured? He's, I'm uh, punctured, punctured. And, like, you literally just, like, in the convoy, wherever you are, like, 15th car or whatever, and you just literally just go, we we can't do anything. We just have to carry on driving in the convoy until we get to him. You can't pass. You really? can't get past. No, nah, you're just like, it's like you just can't get to your riders. It's fucking crazy.
1: Hmm. A lot of directors try, but <laughs> it's just not well, a lot of space. Well, the, <laughs> the, other, the other unknown is like, I used to say all the time in like, say races like the Giro or whatever, is you've got to also battle against directors that are hotheads, like mm. notorious hotheads. And then if you have like a Barney with them on like stage three, that can carry right through to the end of the Giro. Like remember why do you have those classic battles with the Fantini <laughs> guys like in 2014 where I'd literally see the in-car video and pick up on all this bloody Italian where he's going you're that's the gazzo like and Jeremy next to him spitting in his face just going <laughs> fucking ape shit and then you'd see like you know full on zigzag and like cutting him off I was off a through, real victim of oh. this <laughs>
2: when I came to Jumbo I was, uh, it was early days jumbo and it was at like Paris Nice, I think. Anyway, I crashed puncture or i punctured something and I was trying to come back and I was behind the AG2R car and the ag 2 car looked in the mirror, saw it was me and just boosted <laughs> off. And, I, and, and then I was out in the middle of nowhere and like, cause it was last in the convoy, you know?
1: Mm.
2: And then like the second cars arrived and I sort of got back through and got back on. And got to the bus and I said to like, I remember saying to like one of the directors, like, oh. Oh yeah, like, fuck, the AG2R card just wouldn't help me. You know, it was real strange. Like, maybe I, maybe I annoyed the guy or something. And then they were like, "Oh no, 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 no. Welcome, welcome to the the long-standing Quality. feud between oh. Rabo and and
0: Toir that's gone on for like twelve years." For oh, oh.
2: <laughs> and oh, you get like the,
0: the You start. I'm starting to notice now, like the directors that try to flick the system and like there's always a few so like a good example would be like if you're coming into like a really narrow section of the course like i don't know Arenberg would be a good example so you're coming into Arenberg and you're your car, car number 15 and just like just before Arenberg, one k before Arenberg, you pull out of the convoy and just go straight past all the cars and then slot in so your first car into Arenberg. yeah like oh when yeah. It's like your can you be all yeah, yeah. Just pretend you've been called up. Like and you, you start to see these like directors like trying to flick the Swiss system and like and you get away with it like a few times, but then eventually the cars just go, nah, mate, get fucked. No, nah, you're not coming yet. through. Yeah, you're not coming through. Do you remember through. the Tour de France stage
2: 2000 and I'm gonna say twelve or thirteen. And I think it was Belkin or Rabobank still, uh, or Blanco, maybe. I think I can't remember. It was it was early rendition of Jumbo. And um they Valverde had punctured, but as Valverde had punctured, they'd already had the plan to just go full gas in the gutter crosswinds and just blew the race to bits. So they started, and as they started, Valverde punctured and he was riding GC and then um obviously it split to bits and, and they barraged the second group and, and and Valverde couldn't couldn't um get back to the front. And I remember hearing stories that the Movistar car started like smashing into the Belkin car, like actually, oh, like oh, fucking, like tell your boys to stop. He punctured, he punctured, you know, like this is not
1: like ethical, and and like fucking, like swerving at them, really. Oh yeah, yeah, That's it definitely crazy. happens. And yeah. I remember like that same Giro that Whitey was blowing with the Fantini guys. Um, I remember on stage six, like they had the jersey, like the whole start of the Giro, and Though all the teams were saying, "Well, when are you going to commit a guy to the front? You got the jersey," and what he's going, "No, we're not. We're going to lose the jersey today. It's a mountaintop finish. We're not protecting it. We're not committing guys." He said that the whole whole race. That was the day that Bling beat Cadell up that climb <laughs> in the jersey. So this whole stage is going. We're not committing guys. We're not going to win. Just fucking leave us alone. Goes out and wins. Everyone's up and about. Oh mate, he lost. And that's the other thing. Like, then other directors go, oh, he fucking knew. He yeah. knew he was up. That was a stitch up, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: up uh, win. good directing, hey, eh, I reckon? Yeah. Yeah, the sheriff used to love that. No, 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 nah. We're not fucking committing guys yet. Nah. I
0: had, nah. A, I had a funny situation at Catalonia. So we were right in the front with... Um, Ineos and Alperson because it was a sprint stage or like a, a solid sprint stage. So it was like they were Alperson riding for Cade and Ineos riding for Ethan Hayter and we we're riding for Corbin Strong. So we we're all riding, but then there was like the last 50 K was all downhill, like fast downhill. So like, it was like, we'd already had a conversation in the car. Like, okay, we want it. We don't want the time gap to be bigger than two minutes at that point because it's a hard chase from there, you know? And then we saw Zach uh, Dempster and Ineos talking to the Alperson car and like we could, t- we could see what he was saying, like saying that like, uh, oh, it's downhill. You can see his hand. So we need it like two minutes or whatever. And then like a couple minutes later, he came up to our car to speak to us. And I just like, he wound the window down and I wound the window down. I just go, not more than two minutes, 50 K to go. <laughs> just like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, going to get in front of him.
1: <laughs> and he's like, yeah, maybe a little bit less. <laughs> Do you reckon there's an element though? There. It was funny though. But the, you're going to be wary of his other sports directors see as like fresh fish. So they're going to test you by going, hey, uh, you're going to commit some guys to the front or see if you're like soft. So you've almost got to play the hard ass early. Like, hey, I'm only a new sports director, but don't fuck with me. Like, I'm not going to be pushed around. Have you ever had the situation where like
2: a team, of you've been riding, you've put a guy up and then a team's come to you and been like, look, we know you're riding, but can you put a good rider on the front? (laughs) Because we had this, (laughs) we had this once... When I think it was like first stage Tour de France and I was riding the front trying to catch the breakaway and I was riding with like Tim, I think it was like Tim De Klerk and Tony like or something. real good riders Like, and I was, obviously it was like 200k flat and I was not for me, you know and I just couldn't roll as fast as them and then I think like they put the call back to the car like um, can you guys put like Someone good. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the yeah, gesture. It's funny, it's funny learning all the little things that go on. It's good, though. Uh-huh. Enjoying it. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. So what
1: it, was I was going to say? I'm what do you gonna got coming up, golf. George? You got another week off, or what?
0: What's that, Good timing now? to lose him.
1: So, what's your plan now, George? You got another week off, or? We've got to keep that record intact till... No nah, mate. August. I'm speed up until Swiss altitude. I'm, I'm excited, mate. I'm
0: excited for a break. I'm excited for a proper build-up. So, um... You definitely need to work on your golf game. I'm, I'm happy to hear you're heading back out the Savo because after watching you play yesterday, it was like you're a man in need of practice. Put it that yeah. way. Oh, I'm going to the range. Oh, are you going to the range? No, and I'm going to play, but I'm going to the range oh. first, hit some balls. Yeah, I'm coming. Are you coming? Yeah. Doing a ride out? Wanna, do I want a ride out? No, I did it three hours already this morning. No,
2: a
1: ride out in my car. We can talk yeah, about I this on I
0: yeah.
2: need
1: a lift out. I need a lift out. <laughs> um, now, yeah, uh, merch hats, Bills, we got any left? There's only limited... We've got... Um, t-shirts are almost gone.
0: Basically, essentially gone. But the merch hats, we've got a fresh new stock in. Merch hat and Social Distance Podcast hats, fresh stock in. So head over to the – we'll put the link up in the
1: in the post. And when they're gone, they're gone.
0: That's it. And they're gone, and, they're gone.
1: And then we're going to do a new batch of stuff, bigger and they're better. They're
0: in hot demand, so we've got another batch in for you, for all you
1: that missed out. So get on and get, get them while they're hot. Yeah. And thanks to everyone that has bought a shirt or a cap. Absolute legends. And keep in mind, if you're
0: buying a Social Distance Podcast logo hat – that there is a small chance or is a chance depending on our, on our basically that we're just fucking slack. But if we change the name of the show, they will become.
1: Oh, what's the price collector's items collector's items? Yeah, that's it. It's like when they do a print of coins on, um, you know, porn stars, the show, and they go, why is that one worth $2 million? Oh, because they stuffed it up in the mint. They don't make those anymore. And remember, when you're buying our merch,
0: as well as when you're going to manscaped.com and using the code STP20 for 20% off of free shipping for any of their products, remember, the more money you spend on Manscaped or merch, the more money we
1: get. So don't be shy. The more chances there are for regular shows, and we mean regular. We're not going to lie. We're here to make money. (laughs) Thanks for supporting us, guys.
0: (laughs) Appreciate it. Like I've spent some bit of money on men
2: mate. Yeah. yeah
1: and then George won't have to go to via and he will be actually at concerts yeah, yeah. Enjoy the show on Sunday All right. boys.